0: Hello everyone, and welcome to another beer news. Now this is the beer news for September, at the start of September. So there might be an update later on in the month, it just depends on how the the stories kind of pan out and whether they're going to be interesting or not. But uh, I think we've got some interesting ones this time around so we'll just get straight into it so we will I'll take a sip of beer just to make sure always good to wet that whistle mm, lovely. and oh, that is nice mm-hmm. anyway the first news item that we have is czech brewery wins european heritage prize so, the Lobek Brewery is one of 30 heritage projects to receive the European Heritage or Europa Nostra Award this year. For Czech architect Pavel Prusa, restoring a rundown building with historic value was a childhood dream nurtured during family tours of old monuments. Next month, he will receive a major European Heritage Award in Venice for having renovated a sprawling sprawling, derelict brewery on the brink of total destruction. The Renaissance-era site in Lobeck, a village north of Prague, is now producing beer again after architect and his wife sank all their money into the high-risk investment. With an annual output of almost 100,000 litres of beer, the brewery looks set to thrive in the country known for its love of the tipple. I think we mean beer by that. The Czech Republic tops world rankings with its annual beer consumption of 139 litres per head and it has seen small breweries emerge in recent decades. So there you go. So it's good that that's a more positive story that something's been brought back from the past because it seems to be a trend in the beer industry that... uh, a lot of breweries are usually destroyed they're usually kind of bought over their brand and then made in the big kind of conglomerate brewery and the traditional local brewery is then kind of discarded and and sold off for development and everything else so it's nice to see that uh, we actually have some positive news and it's nice to see that a brewery being resurrected rather than being destroyed so yeah, I think that's a good positive one because we don't get that many positive stories in the beer industry. So it's nice to actually start off with a with a nice one. So yeah, well done to them. I'm sure it's probably been a lot of hard work and probably a bit of a gamble as well. But it's nice to see that it's paid off and, and they're getting rewards for it. So yeah, well done. That's a good. Now, here we go. This is a good one. <laughs> the headline reads... <laughs> It all disappeared with Brexit. Craft beer boom ends as more than 100 UK firms go bust. So apparently the craft beer boom ending is all to do with Brexit. Interesting. So Kimi Karjolainen, Karjolainen and his brother Marco poured their life savings into Bone Machine Brewing Company when it opened in Pocklington, East Yorkshire in 2017 before moving to Hull as part of the craft beer revolution that swept Britain. The entire investment, not including time and labour, that we gave for free was about £70,000. Karcher Lennon said It's not an easy blooming name, isn't it? It definitely sounds Finnish as well. Four weeks ago, it was gone. That was my parents' retirement. So It looks like you're investing somebody else's money, not your own. (laughs) But anyway, it just got too much. Brexit. Carter Linen said, we are heavily geared for export. We'd be selling to Finland, Sweden, Norway, Ireland, Netherlands, Italy, Spain. We had Hungary in the pipeline. And it's all disappeared with Brexit. Post-Brexit trading arrangements with the European Union countries meant that bone machines craft beers needed to be accompanied by an expensive and time-consuming paperwork. Everyone was saying it's too complicated to import anything from the UK anymore, Caroline said. And oh, like, like keep pushing his What was his first name? Kimmy. Oh no. no, you have to keep using his surname. You couldn't use Kemi. that'd be too easy, wouldn't it? Anyway, everyone was saying it's too complicated to buy anything from the UK anymore, Carolyn said. In terms of pure output it was about 30 to 40 percent of what we made. In terms of income it was probably more than half. Now Bone Machine is one is one of more than a hundred small brewers that have been forced out of business in the past 18 months. Hit by a combination of Brexit, the pandemic and the cost of living crisis are now threatened by changes to beer duty laws. In June the currency firm Marza found that 45 small brewers had gone into liquidation but many more have either been sold or swallowed by rivals. Another reason for changes is the new rules on beer duty. Beer, wine and spirits used to have different levels of tax but from the 1st of August have been taxed accordingly to alcohol content. That means a 10.1% rise on bottles and cans of beer according to the British Beer and Pub Association and stronger craft beers are hit harder. Meanwhile, lager hasn't gone away. Pete Brown is the co-founder of Forest Road Brewery in South London whose main product is a lager called Posh. Out of 100 beer drinkers, about 70 are lager drinkers, no matter what he said. So, what do you think? Do you think breakfast... Bre- breakfast? <laughs> well, I, I think it's a bit too too early for breakfast or a bit too late for me. Um, yeah, do you think Brexit has had a, a real big bearing on craft beer breweries in this country? And let's be totally honest. If you are brewing beer... In the UK, And really you should be concentrating on your main market being the UK and obviously growing that and making that what we call bread and butter. If you're so reliant on exporting, which is quite an interesting one because we will be bringing that up in the actual Czech beer um, reviews, because we've got one coming up quite soon, which it's quite interesting with some of the facts I can basically pass on to you that you're not really getting from a lot of reviews and everything else of their products and there's a company in the Czech Republic that produces a beer that the majority of the beer that they do produce is actually for export and really if these exports went down the pan they would probably be in quite serious trouble and that's not a good business practice especially if things can, can change, especially in multiple countries. So, yeah, it's a bit dicey. So, yeah, to be totally honest, some of these breweries, it's easy enough to blame maybe Brexit or not being able to sell to the European market. But, yeah, okay, fine. Which then tells me that your market isn't strong enough in the UK. And if it's not strong enough in the UK, then, yeah, you're going to have problems because they should be your bread and butter anything you should be doing from export should be bonuses and they should be classed as bonuses they shouldn't be classed as your main income because they aren't as how would you say um, robust and maybe a secure um, revenue stream because let's say countries can change um their import laws they can change their duties and everything else so these type of things are always quite kind of uh, fluid in a lot of ways and let's be totally honest they're not going to think about a little craft brewery in the UK when they're trying to win votes and they will basically do things and make policies and decisions to win votes that's what politicians do they don't make decisions to basically help the country they make decisions to help themselves of course they do so On that basis, really, if you're bringing the UK, then you really should be looking at the UK as your main business. And anything you gain outside of the UK, treat it as a bonus, but don't treat it as a a long-term viable revenue stream because it's fragile. And let's be totally honest, going by what they were saying is they started in 2017. Well, the Brexit vote was in 2016. So they had to be kind of realistic. At some point, things were going to change. And they must have known that things were going to change. So you should have been having one eye on, well, what's going to be happening? And you really should have been pushing to kind of uh, get your main revenue stream based in the UK. So again, I think it's all easy to kind of blame somebody else. But I think you have to kind of, Have a look at yourself and how you run your business. Yes, we can have unfortunate things. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of these breweries, craft breweries that are going out of business. And one of the major things is that, one, the products are quite expensive. Two, the products are quite niche compared to the more traditional beer market in the UK. And... uh, a lot of them do sell their souls to get into the kind of one of the mainstream supermarkets in the UK, and unfortunately, they pay a price for that because they really don't get the profits and the revenue stream that uh, they think they deserve. So again, what's the excuse? Are you trying to say that every brewery that's went out of business in the UK, especially with craft, and it's all got to be because of Brexit? Well, no. I think there's a trend there that the craft beer market is not as strong in the UK as what a lot of people believed it was and while there was a little boom that boom's kind of over and all these ones that have jumped on the bandwagon are suffering including the bigger craft beer breweries that are now kind of looking to change their their business kind of uh, model and uh we've got one coming up here in a minute in the news That's going to kind of highlight that. It's nothing to do with Brexit. It's to do with, well, the market isn't as strong and as buoyant as what we thought for craft beer in the UK. might be in other countries, but it's not as strong as what people believed it was in the UK. And what a lot of breweries would like you to believe. So there you go. What do you think? Do you think Brexit has basically been a a disaster? Do you think Brexit has been a big problem for for breweries and uh, has really made the survival a lot more difficult especially in the present kind of climate with uh, changes in alcohol laws and uh, inflation and uh, cost of living so let us know what you think. So on to the next one, Hammerton to launch Nitro Dry Stout in Cannes using widget technology. Next week award-winning North London based Hammerton brewery Released their popular core range Nitro Stout flavour tint. Yes, that's tint in cans using widget technology. Last year, Hamilton released their Nitro Dry Stout on draft, and it quickly became their biggest selling stout and moved into their core range. Since that time, they have heavily invested in research and development to expand expand their knowledge and capabilities with nitrogen technology by investing in a liquid nitrogen tank and a nitrogen dozer for their canning line and have been carrying out R&D using widget cans for the last 12 months. They now believe to be the first English brewery to can a stout using widget cans. So there you go. So apparently everybody's kind of jumping on the kind of nitro stout bandwagon so they're all wanted to kind of get a share of this buoyant nitro irish-esque stout market because obviously we were quite a few new ones of course Guinness became um, for the first time the most popular draft beer sold in pubs so it was the biggest seller then of course we had Black Heart come from Brewdog and they brought out a nitrous stout and then of course I think you've got F- Forge, Forged Irish Stout by Conor McGregor Um, He's got that out, at some point we will get around to uh, reviewing it but I'm not in any mad rush and now we've got another one so we've got basically Tint got to be careful how you say that but yes Tint Um, from the Hammerton Brewery in London so hopefully we can maybe get hold of some of that as well in the future and we'll do a review of that but it seems to be very popular People like that kind of smooth creaminess that the, the nitro pour gives you in cans. So yeah, what do you think? You prefer a, a stout in a kind of more normal carbonated form or do you, do you quite like the, the nitrous pours that you're getting from cans or or even on draft? you think that's quite good? Me personally, I'd prefer going back to an old Irish porter. You can keep all your kind of nitro Irish stouts and I would rather have a a traditional dual pour um, Irish porter because they were nice. That was a nice, that was a nice pint. So it was. Um, but in saying that, I used to quite like a Beamish and uh, a Murphy's. I'll be totally honest. I'd rather a like Beamish and a Murphy's over again. I any day. I prefer the more kind of smokiness and a bit more stronger flavour. So there you go. Anyway, talking about flavour, time for another drink. Easy drink, that too. Easy to drink. Silly in trouble with that. Anyway, we have another one. And some more good news. Icebreaker Pale Ale awarded UK winner at the World Beer Awards. So Icebreaker pale Ale is celebrating its second award win this month, as it has been awarded country winner and gold in the Pale Beer category at the World Beer Awards 2023. Each year the World Beer Awards selects the very best of all internationally recognised styles and last week announced its country winners with the final world's best winners being announced later this month. The juicy unfiltered pale ale brewed by Green King was also announced last week that it had received the highest star rating, three stars, at the Great Taste Awards this year. Crafted by Green King brewing apprentices in 2019 Icebreaker launched a new look and feel for the brand this month tweaking the design of the anchor, which is fast becoming the iconic symbol of the Pale Ale so there you go what do you think of that have you tried um, Icebreaker I haven't I haven't tried it It'd be interesting to see what it's like to see if it's a, a worthy winner or there's some other kind of jiggery-pokery going on because some of these beer awards, well, I think some of it's down to how they're actually judged, and I think some of the judging process doesn't help certain beers out, and how they actually kind of do the judging. And I also think sometimes a little bit of kind of well, hey, somebody try and share out the prizes amongst the many to try and kind of show the diversity, with and give off the impression it's such a strong industry that we have and it's all kind of self-promotion and everything else so I think sometimes there's a bit of codology going on with some of these awards because I've tasted award-winning beers and you're thinking seriously? <laughs> that's dreadful so you know, I suppose everybody's kind of uh, have their own opinion but there's been quite a few award-winning beers that I've tried in the past that I've just thought no They're very disappointing. So, but anyway, hopefully at some point we'll get it. But if you have tried it, let us know what you think. Um, And uh, whether you have tried it and whether you think it is probably a worthy winner of it. On to another thing with Green King, because it seems to be in the news quite a lot just now. But apparently, Green King has launched the Mischief Maker for Cask. So, Green King Brewery will be launching Mischief Maker its latest limited edition cask ale for August and September as part of its fresh cask release calendar for 2023. The 6% golden cask available for the summer months is a double dry hopped DDH IPA that uses British hops to deliver a complex mix of fruit aromas and flavours. The name for the DDH IPA was inspired by the renowned herbalist and astrologer Nicholas Culpepper Brought medicine to the masses and attempted to make medical treatments more accessible in the 1600s. So, Mischief Maker. I've got to admit, when I did hear the name, the first thing I thought was, well, it's got to be Nicholas Culpepper. It's got to be. they're on about <laughs> Yeah, right. I don't know how they get from Mischief Maker to. Oh well, it's got to do with a renowned herbalist and uh, astrologer I've never come across him Which probably is to his relief just as much to mine Um, But yeah, apparently that's that's what's inspired it There you go, marvellous Okay, well if you have tried it let us know what you think and uh, I don't think we'll get a chance to kind of review it because I'm really having problems trying to find pubs that I can use to do reviews in that I actually have interesting beers and uh, also have the kind of facilities that I can kind of go away in the kind of background and, and not get kind of in the way of other drinkers. So, anyway, what do we have now? Now, here's a bit of a strange one. So, it is. this is one from America. <laughs> and I honestly don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> Some people think might think it is and some people might think it isn't. But Tilray is buying beverage brands for Molson Coors and Anheuser-Busch as cannabis industry struggles. Tilray brands expanding its footprint in alcoholic and cannabis beverages, buying up brands from Molson Coors and Anheuser-Busch as legal restrictions hamper mm. the marijuana industry. The major cannabis company announced Friday it will be acquiring the remaining 57.5% equity ownership of cannabis-infused drink makers, Trust Beverage, from most in Coors Canada. The transaction price was not disclosed. The move comes amid a broader push by Tilray to branch out from the more traditional cannabis products. Tilray announced earlier this month that it would acquire eight beer and beverage brands from Anne's. Anheuser-Busch for $85 million. It was the latest in a string of craft beer acquisitions that has made Tilbury one of the biggest forces in the space in the US. It hopes to achieve a similar effect by snapping up beer brands from Anheuser-Busch, including in the deal announced earlier this month are the brands Shock Top, Breckenridge Brewery, Blue Point Brewing Company, Ten, Bar- Ten Barrel Brewing Company, the Red Hook Brewery, Vidmar Brothers Brewing, Square Mile Cider Company, and the Highball Energy. The transaction includes all the brands, currently employees, current employees, breweries, and associated brew pubs. The deal is expected to triple to the size of Tilray's beer business, increasing its output from four million to 12 million cases a year. Tory Brands already owns other craft brews including Alpine Beer, Green Flash Brewing, Montauk Brewing and Sweetwater Brewing. So what do you think of that? Do you think that's a good thing? Do you think it's a case as though well maybe start getting kind of CBD or cannabis flavoured beers in the future? Do you think that's going to be a crossover? Do you think there's going to start getting a hybrid? maybe with uh, beers laced with uh, CBD or maybe other uh, cannabis-associated kind of uh, products. I don't really know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, to be totally honest. Um, I can understand maybe these companies looking to diversify into different markets if there is restrictions or um, hindrances in the present market. But potentially, I mean, let's be totally honest, it's a kind of divide. It's like one legal drug against a kind of, well, maybe in some areas, a kind of newly kind of legalized drug, but previously has that kind of stigma of being something more of a kind of illegal narcotic. But obviously, in some states, it is. And then, of course, you've also got the kind of mega medical cannabis as well that market which is of course is obviously something completely different and has different regulations but I don't know that and also well they still would be juicing good quality beers because at the end of the day they're not buying it because they just want to be brewers they're buying this to try and make money so with some of these brands and breweries and everything else are they going to start changing their existing products try and make them more profitable or whatever I don't know it's just a very kind of strange one but I suppose it's probably no different than kind of investment companies coming in and buying over breweries Um, which I don't always think is a good thing either but what do you think do you think cannabis companies now owning breweries and uh, producing beer and potentially maybe producing a kind of crossover beer that maybe includes um a connection with their the cannabis side. Do you think that's a good thing? Do you think it's a case is is it good to get drunk and high at the same time? <laughs> Let me know down below what you think <laughs> and whether you think it's a, a good mix for a for a for a night in or a night out. There <laughs> we go. Right. On to the next story. But more drinky bits That's too nice, too nice. Anyway, now we're into Scotland and this is a bit of a connection because I think we did a um, a beer recently reviewed that is quite similar to the Innocent Gun products. Well, it was quite similar how it was described. Maybe not the same when you actually drunk it. But anyway, Innocent Gun launches lager age for 12 months. Edinburgh-based brewery Innocent Gun has released 12 Moons Lager, a new brew bottled in August 2022 under a full moon and age for 12 months in 75 CL bottles, or 750 ml bottles. Oops, better bit of a wind The 5.8% Lager, which is bottled, conditioned and unpasteurised, is the fourth beer in Innocent Gun's limited edition range for 2023. 12 months lager has been stored and aged for a full year before being offered for purchase, undergoing extended maturation, which goes well beyond the normal timeline. Well, yeah, I mean, if it's been, I mean, the thing is, so they said it's been kind of, uh, aged, but there's a difference between ageing and lagering. so it'll be interesting to see it being a lager, how long did, was the lagging process for the full 12 months? or was it laggard for a certain period and then after that it was kind of uh set up in the bottle to be conditioned in the bottle as well um so it's a bit of a strange one because normally lagging you wouldn't do it in the bottle lagging you would do in the, the tanks because it has to be kept at a cold temperature i mean it'd be a bit different if you were doing lagging in bottles as it would really wouldn't be particularly cost effective but again if it was a small batch maybe they did I don't know but normally you would basically do it in tanks you wouldn't do it in the bottle but well not nowadays anyway um so yeah I've have you tried it I'll, I'll try and see if i can try get a hold of some if possible, if it's a normal price, if, I think if it's basically been aged for 12 months and uh, the size of the bottle, something tells me it's going to be not cheap, so I'll try and see um, if we can get it and whether it's worth it, but uh, yeah, a bit of a strange one, that one, and again, it's not really given, it comes out with a statement, but it seems to be with that statement, for people like me anyway. It kind of poses more questions than it answers um, Like, well, how long have you actually really lagged it for? Are you referring to ageing as the actual lagging process? Have you been doing the lagging in the bottles? Or have you been doing it in a separate kind of lagging tank? What temperatures were you using And I mean, there's all these different types of things, but yeah. And again, why did you do it for 12 months? I can understand the kind of, you know, from basically, you know, new moon from one moon to the other and that type of stuff. But, again, I've got to look at the basis: as, is this really worthwhile and is it a bit of a gimmick? Let's be totally honest. So, again, what do you think? I think it's a bit kind of... I would need more answers to really kind of make a judgement on it, in my view. But initially, just with the kind of questions it's posing, I'm kind of dubious about it, to a certain degree. Now, here's one. Brewdog. Now, if you've ever heard of Brewdog, I'm sure you probably have, but you've been unlucky enough to try some of their products, especially the more craft beer ones. Now, the thing is that uh, Brewdog, um, earlier on this year, um, well it was a, technically it was the end of 22 start of 23 that they started to bring out this black heart stout which again was supposed to be more of a traditional stout and again it was a nitro pour as well to kind of take on Guinness and maybe get a little bit of a share of that market so apparently Brewdog sets sight on ale with Sure leave launch so Brewdog is to launch shore leave a new 4.3 ABV Amber Ale in a bid to disrupt and win in total beer. The Scottish Brewer will launch the Moorish Multi Amber Ale in single 500ml bottles with an RSP of £2.05 and a four pack 440ml cans at £6.25 RSP which is recommended sale price and 10 440ml R.S.P. packs um, at £12.50 formats from the 1st of September. B. Dog's head of grocery, Stuart Harrison, told the grocer the move to enter ale was born out of desire to expand beyond craft. The fuckers are out with the bloody cars again. Now they're taking their horns. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> every fucking time. I actually purposely. I thought that will hang off, and I'll actually do this. Be a news later, so it wouldn't be um, affected by people coming along with their cars and driving their cars and everything else. Now they're coming along, driving the car, giving them a little toot to the horn as well. That's lovely, that isn't it? Seriously. Fuck it. Anyway. So apparently Brewdog head of Grocery, Stuart Harrison, told the grocer that the move to enter the ale was born out of a desire to expand beyond craft and lager and drive incremental sales. So they're looking past their kind of a craft and lager situation and looking at more kind of traditional beer market and trying to get a bit of a share of that because I think the are starting to realise if there's going to be any growth... That's going to be in that and it is the biggest market by quite some margin and it still will always be from that point of view especially if you look at more mainstream lager drinkers there's a lot of mainstream lager drinkers and uh, apparently he said we've got to a position on craft where we've probably got 100% distribution in grocery he said so whilst we continue to try and bring people and it comes to a point where that category is only so big. So he's even admitting that while they may be trying to bring in new drinkers and uh, attract new drinkers into the craft beer market, let's be totally honest, the growth isn't there. It's kind of saturated. And if they really want to kind of increase revenue and bring in new growth and sales, then they have to look at other markets and of course obviously the natural market is the more kind of mainstream and traditional beer market and that looks very similar when they did the, the Black Heart and now they're bringing out an Amber Ale so there you go So the move into Ale comes seven months after Brewdog launched Black Heart a stout aimed at challenging the ubiquitousness, also ubiquity of Guinness harrison said black heart was now worth two million in retail adding it and lost lager were converting mainstream beer drinkers over to draft well no not really i wouldn't say i mean if you're producing a lager you can call it craft but let's be totally honest it's just going to be a lager you can hype it up as much as you want but it's just a lager and let's be totally honest if it's not particularly affordable then most lager drinkers aren't going to drink it the majority of them are still going to stick with the mainstream piss water. But this is an interesting one, because one of the things we associate with craft is they're usually a lot more expensive. They hype it and everything else, and claim there's all sorts of wonderful jiggery poking going on, and oh well, the ingredients come from the gods directly themselves, and all this nonsense and that type of stuff, and there'll be mist, magic, and fucking unicorns and everything else, fucking pissing all over it. But, let's be totally honest, one of the major things you associate with craft beer is you don't get very much of it and it's usually a hell of a lot more expensive. That's reality, there you go. Regardless of whether you love the taste or you don't love the taste. I'm not even going to get into that, that's subjective. But let's be totally honest, price per volume is a heck of a lot more expensive. But, I was into Tesco's, which is a supermarket if you're not in the UK, it's a big kind of supermarket chain, it's supposed to be the biggest one in the UK. I was in there a couple of weeks back with Eugene, and I think it was £5.25 for a 4-pack of Guinness, 440ml, 4.2%. For the Black Heart Stout from Brewdog, it was £4 for a 4-pack of 440ml cans at 4.2%. So exactly the same volume, exactly the same ABV, but it was a pound a can and that's what was going on in Tesco's. So let's be totally honest, that's not trying to attract people over to the craft side. What that's trying to do is the craft trying to muscle in on mainstream beer market to try and make a profit and trying to attract new revenue. And that's what we're trying to do. And I think hopefully at some point is that they can get people used to because let's be totally honest they're probably not making any money at selling it at uh, a pound a tin in Tesco's because trust me if anybody's going to be making money out of that deal it's going to be Tesco's and not dog. so they may be breaking even they may even be taking a bit of a loss on it but they may be looking more long term that if people get used to the flavor and get to enjoy Heart and get used to that kind of uh, value for money then, if they can start pushing that out to the pubs, then hopefully people might go down that route as well and start buying black heart on draft. And that's where they'll start making a bit of a profit. Plus, also, if they get people kind of hooked on the stuff and enjoying it, then eventually they can maybe bump up the prices as well and the cans. But yeah, so let's be totally honest if you're selling for a pound a can, that's not basically bringing people over to the craft, and, you know. Ah, they've seen the light. No. You're fishing. That's what you're doing. And, uh, well, let's be totally honest. They're not the cheapest. 2 pounds five or 500ml bottle of amber ale. Not exactly, uh, well, if you're putting it into that price range, then you're taking on, um, You're taking on the likes of fillers, because that's the kind of price range filler bottles are—just over, you know, two pound five, two pound ten, two pound fifteen. So all that kind of in that kind of ballpark. So it's got to be a bloody good one, because let's be totally honest—if I was paying two pound five pence on a five hundred ml bottle, then well, yeah, I'll do it for fillers. But I do it for Brewdog well, I'll try and get a bottle to you, obviously, to try and that type of stuff. But it'd be interesting because that's the type of um, level you're up against at that price range. So if you're making a half-arsed amber ale at £2.50, yeah, you might get more of your uh, craft beer drinkers buying it at that price and saying it's wonderful. But if it's not good enough to take on fullers, then at that price, you're kidding yourself on. Let's be totally honest, that's my view and uh, a four pack for £6.25 well it's a big difference between £6.25 for four cans of your amber ale but I can get four cans of your stout your black heart stout for four quid that's £2.25 more so again and what it's only 0.1% ABV higher come on I don't know, but it just kind of shows you that, uh, I, think, I think there's a kind of irony there that uh, brew drugs start to realise that, well, hey, to a certain degree, the craft beer in the UK is slightly a bit faddy, and that fad start to die a little bit, and uh, if they want to kind of keep growing and uh, being able to be sustainable, then they have to look at the bigger market, which is more kind of mainstream traditional beer, So what do you think? Do you think they've finally seen the light? Do you think this is another kneel-in-the-coffin for the craft beer market? You know, they're losing a lot of breweries. Now some of the mainstream kind of uh, bigger um, craft beer breweries are now kind of moving over to the traditional side. And uh, producing more kind of traditional types of beer that aren't overly hopped with Citra. But anyway let us know what you think, and I will try and see if we can get a a bottle of this shore leaf and uh, see what it's like. So, here's another interesting one. But before we have that, drink your poo time. Right. Beer from Sussex Village wins World's Best at the World Beer Award. Best better from the Longman Brewery in Lington, East Sussex won the World's Best in the World Beer Awards. A spokesman for the company said, well done to all the Longman crew who worked so hard behind the scenes to make this naturally excellent beer. And thank you to all of our Best Bitter fans. We couldn't have done it without you. In March, Longman Brewery's old, old Man won gold at the Society of Independent Brewers Association, (SIBA). Independent Beer Awards 2023 in the best bottle or canned bitter in the UK category. The ale also won the regional award last year. Last year the brewery also won six awards at the World Beer Awards 2022 including the world's best beer for its old man premium bitter for the second time. The company also brewed a new beer for the coronation of King Charles III. So that's also something interesting so that's the beer I'm going to try and get hold of because apparently, well, it's won quite a lot of awards with a few different kind of associations but it's also basically been the world's best so apparently it's the world's best beer in the world, beer awards so it'll be interesting to see, and it's a bitter I'll be totally honest, I do prefer more Yorkshire style bitters, but I do like a bitter anyway, regardless of where it's brewed because I do like a bitter finish I like I like my beer like I like my women better you know what i mean so yes <laughs> be interesting to see what it's like and i'd like to try and get hold them but again it's a bit of nice positive news for the, the brewing industry especially in the uk that we actually have um supposedly beers winning awards and winning quite quite prestige awards i'm saying that in inverted commas because again like i said before some of these awards and some of these kind of competitions they are um, dubious I would probably say to a certain degree Um, just because anything associated with the beer industry I've got to say there has to be kind of an element of dubiousness about it because There is so much kind of skullduggery going on in the brewing industry that any type of awards usually has some sort of angle to it and it's not as straightforward or as honest as what you think or what they want you to believe. So yes, on that basis, it'd be nice to try and get hold of it and I will try and get hold of a bottle of that because it's a better... or if I do get hold of it, I'll probably do it later on because this is obviously now September so i would probably be doing it kind of um, late October, November, maybe even into December, because I think these type of beers are always better um, as autumn or maybe early winter beers, so they're not so heavily chilled and it give you a chance to get more flavour out of them because you can obviously do them at a lot, drink them at a lot higher temperature so again, you're more kind of closer to room temperature or at least kind of cast temperature um, so yes I'll try and see if I hold of one. It'll be interesting to see what it's like and see whether. Oh. You know. But two, I've got to kind of try. I've got this icebreaker from Green King. And, uh. Well, uh, yeah. This icebreaker from Green King. And then obviously we've got this one as well, which is, uh. I'll just tell you again. It's, uh. What do they call the bloody thing again? That's oh, good, isn't it? it's moved again so yes it'll be interesting to see what this is like but yes uh, old man premium bitter so it'll be interesting to see what old man premium bitter is going to be like I'll try and see if I can get hold of it and see with icebreaker and just see whether are they justified or is there just a bit of hype and nonsense with it but hopefully they'll be quite good because it'll be nice to try some nice beers um unfortunately as I said before I do tend to kind of have how would you say uh a ratio of at least three to four bad beer before I get a kind of decent beer. Although some months I can go a lot higher than that. I can go six or seven you kind know, of mediocre and poor beers before I get a kind of a decent one. I mean, I'm saying decent one, something that's maybe above average. We're not talking about kind of groundbreaking. I'm talking about maybe about six or seven is what I call a decent beer. But we're not talking about a fabulous beer. We're not talking about the eights and nines and things like that. But, yeah, unfortunately I have to get a lot of below-average beers before I, I kind of get a kind of above-average beer, which is a bit disappointing. But uh, that's the beer news for the month of September so far. But, of course, if there's enough decent kind of news coming out and I'll probably do an update but what we will be doing is we'll be continuing um, doing a bit of the cheque Um beer we'll also start to do a little bit more of the bargain um, brand beers because we'll be looking at home bargains and B&M and any kind of uh, branded cheap branded beers that they sell from Europe and uh, We'll get them in and, and see how they compare to the kind of cheaper own brand supermarket beer. So we will be kind of expanding on that one. And also because of the kind of weather's now kind of changing, we'll also be kind of starting up the Yorkshire series again as well. So that will be a continuing as the, wetters, the weather's starting to get a little bit colder now. And uh, we start getting into more towards autumn. Then we'll be kind of doing a bit more because I've got quite a few of the Yorkshire beers that are kind of darker ones now anyway. And I didn't really want to do them in the summer because I just, know Because I would then chill them and I can then maybe lose out. So I want to have them a little bit kind of, obviously, cast temperature or maybe warmer just to try and get the flavours out of them and, uh, and enjoy them. So again, they're a better beer for the kind of autumn. So we'll be continuing on that and uh, so that's the kind of main series and of course if anything interesting kind of comes about. I also think it's a case as though we're well, going to be doing some German beer, not because I actually planned to do some German beer, it was because uh, the wife went shopping and she's seen certain beers in certain supermarkets so she bought me them. And at the end of the day, I'm looking at a box just now, <laughs> at the end of the day I wasn't planning to do these as a review. Uh, but now I've got them, I might as well. So I will be doing some gem and beer coming up as well. A little kind of mini series. But it wasn't really planned and I wasn't really looking for doing it. But at the end of the day, well, I might as well drink them. Because I've got them. So I might as well review them. And uh, see and let you know what they're like. And uh, so that's what's kind of coming up in the next kind of uh, few months anyway. So this is the end of the beer news. Thanks for watching. Cheers and bye for now. Go for a whiskey now. <gasps>